What's up, everyone? If you're watching this, you're probably watching the playback. And uh, I, we are now live with Mike Bargman of Headline Media. Now, Headline Media is one of those companies that a lot of people get gets thrown around often in a good way because it is the leading PR agency in Israel. Now, before we get into a little bit about Mike and Headline, right, we all want to understand, and obviously now there's the big elephant in the room, which is uh, the coronavirus, is what is PR? Right. It sounds kind of like some people say it's artificial. It's uh, is it bought? Is it organic? Is it relationships? So maybe you can give us a little bit of an introduction. There, you're laughing because I'm going to slaughter all the secret cows right here, throwing you in here. What is PR? So first of all, you all, thank you so much for for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's great to catch up. The last time I saw you was uh, at Caesarea Golf Course, uh, <laughs> chipping out of the woods somewhere. I lost you in the bushes, so uh, so it's good to catch up at least virtually. And hopefully, Wait, who, who was in the bush? Who who lost you in the bushes? You want really? Do you really want me to get into that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit to it. I'm but, terrible. Uh, but go ahead. <laughs> We all are terrible. Anyhow, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, uh, well, listen, PR is one of those things that's really, really difficult to define, probably harder to measure. Uh, it's, it's, it's in many ways the opposite of what you're doing with LinkedIn ads, but fits together beautifully, especially in the age of thought leadership and, and, and you know, positioning founders and, and, and uh, utilizing those kind of platforms to really reach a wider audience. So, so we could talk about, and we should talk about a, a few of the ways that these things interact. Um, we're an agency, we've been around eight years, uh, based in Tel Aviv with a presence in London and New York, um, essentially working exclusively with tech companies. Uh, we are 45 people, 45 people which is a pretty sizable agency. I would um, say that's pretty, we, that's pretty huge. <laughs> We've done all right. And <laughs> traumatizing. You know, none of us come from, first of all, my two co-founders and I don't come from PR. So that's the number one thing. Uh, my two co-founders are incredible people, journalists uh, from CNN, ABC. I came out of the UN. Uh, so, and I was doing comms there. From day one, we had one perspective looking for great stories. It's a journalist-driven shop. If you don't have a good story, we always said, pass. You know, a lot of companies want that exposure in TechCrunch and VentureBeat and Forbes, all those places. You could be an incredible company and your story's not that great. And and that's perfectly fine. You, you know, so we thought as a Wait, PR but So firm, what's, we what's the difference between story and messaging? I mean, I don't understand. So it's like, right, okay. So, I mean, I've well, let's speak to people that don't know any better. Let's rewind to like yellow five years ago that didn't really understand PR. I mean, okay, but what you, you're talking about having important messaging. But I mean, is that ad copy? Is that creative? Is, I mean, are you creating video content, right? I mean, based on what you're saying, technically everything, uh, messaging is around everything, right? Your brochures that a company might have, your website, your sales all your collateral. Scripts, uh, all your collateral. Everything, every, all your collateral. How would you, def you define, define collateral? Well, well, collateral is all the marketing materials that you're using to communicate with your audience. And PR, what, what it says, especially what we're focused on is more actually media relations. That's uh, essentially uh, reaching out through press releases, through manufactured pitches, making a list of journalists that are relevant to the pitch and to the company that cover your space, getting out in touch with them and getting them as a third party expert to write about what you're doing. So the art in PR, and we'll talk about the difference with messaging and marketing in general, is about getting that third party endorsement 
And so it has to be newsworthy and of interest to the audience. When we get into the marketing side, the messaging is a little bit different, right? Then the messaging is, you know, you selling, you pushing, because you're putting it out there. You're buying that ad copy, you're buying that space, you're buying all these things and you can control the message. And there's some wonderful things about that. And there's definitely, it has to be integrated. But when we're dealing with journalists, if, you know, you can message them and brand them all day long, but if the story isn't there, then they've got nothing to write. They're not an outlet so, for you to do your marketing. Uh, no. So your, your clients are technology companies. Let me understand for some of Let's get this. You're, okay, for the most part. If you take, first off, how do, it's something that's, that's extremely technical. Let's just talk about cybersecurity, a cybersecurity client, right? Uh, zero Good trust. Or I don't know, like you start using, now these reporters, um, or the, right, those that, let's say, that, that would publish your PR, your client's PR, do people know like they don't understand the product or the terminology. How would they, how do they do that? Well, it's a big range. Meaning when we're talking about, let's uh, you brought up a great example, cybersecurity. Uh, so the people that are covering cyber, and I'm talking people working in the trade publications that talk about that industry, right? So, so, you know, CISOs and stuff like that, these kind of outlets have expertise in cyber. So when you pitch them, they know how to differentiate between zero day and remote. They could do all these things. So they, they have a lot more uh, industry expertise. That's a more technical pitch. And they'll understand the nuance of what's new or what's important or what's significant about that company. But if you want to go wider to the mainstream biz tech, the venture beats, the tech crunches, the Forbes, then you got to zoom out. And that's the art, right? How do you make the story accessible to audiences that don't? have that understanding of the the really narrow mm-hmm. differentiation between companies and that's the art of it you know how do you, you know when a company comes to you and says you know i want to be uh you know i want to be in TechCrunch, i want to be in forbes the first thing we tell them is okay talk about the problem that the everyday person can understand because and and by the way this is a problem for pr in cyber in general is so many of the companies have such little differentiation and, and that is right. Huge, and at least from the out, by the way, from the outside, it appears that way. If you're extremely technical, you might understand the, the differences. Um, but then you've narrowed. Then you've narrowed your scope because if the only differentiation is a very super, super, super technical approach, meaning they're going through an algorithm approach or they're going through uh, whether it's hardware or software and the nuances of that, you're talking to a very small audience. And I would be more hesitant to take on a company like that, or I'd set the KPIs very, very aligned with getting technical coverage that super, super targets the decision makers. But isn't that, that the goal? Does it matter if other people see it, if they're not the target audience and people don't understand their product or how the solution they provide? Shouldn't we be speaking specifically to our audience? I mean, I know like, I'll just give you an example related to like LinkedIn ads and, and we're going to tie in how to use uh, PR and LinkedIn uh, later on. And we'll talk about um, the, the virtual uh, event that we'll be doing in our workshops tomorrow on PR and LinkedIn. So if you want to learn more about how to use LinkedIn, your profile, um, or if you want to also be working uh, to learn more about PR specifically, we'll be giving workshops tomorrow. Actually, uh, I'll pull up the link to register and I'll put it in the comments on both lives. Um, I'll get to it in a minute. Um, but so if people get, I mean, so like in LinkedIn ads, for example, I, I try to go as technical as possible. Often for, let's say, cybersecurity companies might be targeting, uh, you know, certain job titles within uh, the IT job function or engineering. And then what we want to do is, though, but I try to go as specific and technical as possible so they know exactly what it's about. If I go more broad, we'll get more clicks and we pay for the clicks, but they're less likely to convert because it's too generic, not specific to their need. Um, therefore, we're spending more per lead. However, 
at the expense of click-through rates, we get much more specific. Those that don't understand the lingo, it's not related to them, at least at that moment. They don't click and we don't pay for it. And those that do are more likely to convert. So in a sense, we find that actually it helps conversions and actually cut through the noise uh, or cut through the audience straight to the people that we want to reach because we're speaking their specific needs in their language that's highly technical and therefore they know we understand their needs because we're talking very 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 technical here um so in pr you're seeing the difference would you say the goal in general pr is just this wide reach wide appeal and then how does that actually turn into more leads uh, in so, general and we'll talk about tracking leads later uh, but how, how would that turn into more leads not far so uh, explain it to us so it, it actually depends on the space the client is in, meaning, for, first of all, I'm a huge, huge believer in trade publication outreach. It is incredibly important. Uh, you, uh, I don't have to tell uh, the people in the audience, most Israeli entrepreneurs say, we want that crunch, you know, and they want those top tier leads, uh, top tier wait, 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 can you do that accent again? No, we want tech crunch. Get me the tech crunch. We want tech crunch. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, you know, just like they say in golf, you know, drive for show, putt for dough. Well, it's the same thing with uh, with top tier. <laughs> See, vertical. you know, you just did. You just went with a very. This is exactly what you're talking about. You just went with like a specific technical term for a wide audience. Yeah. So you would have you would have connected really well with golfers, but you lost ninety five percent of people on that on that example. At right? the end of the day. I think trade publications are super, super targeted and great for BizDev, incredibly, incredibly uh, effective for BizDev. I think that when we're getting into the top tier stuff, which is a lot of the bigger clients one, it's about fundraising, it's about uh, major partnerships, it's about positioning in market. Once they get that stamp of approval from the top tier mainstream, they get that it company status, and that helps them down the road. When somebody Googles them as they come in for a pitch, they know that they're, you know, marked by TechCrunch as an it company. So there is uh, a brand appeal. There is uh, um, a fundraising appeal. You know, the VCs aren't, uh, the VCs like when these companies come in to pitch them and they do a quick Google search before and they appear in Forbes or they appear in a top tier outlet. The VCs love this. Not because it's- that uh, that, 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 that's, that's a good point. They're sending this to their LPs. They're sending this these articles to their LPs saying, hey, look at the company that we've just- well, What's an LP, an Mike? Mike, Mike, let's dumb it down, Mike. What's an LP? Well, the LPs are limited partners, and these Thank are. Thank you. Are That's all. I think they'll understand that. Yeah, they're, they're partners. That's all. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. They're not partners. It's actually it's it's a mistake. If they're limited, they're yeah, they're investors. I know. I don't want to get too technical. <laughs> you get, the venture funds. If you yes, if you get too technical, then we'll lose people. Uh, right. This is the whole point, right? Uh, actually, which is true. So when people search for you, by the way, not just your company, but let's say if you're a CEO, on your Google Ads, you should have you want to you want to send people where you want. So if someone searches for you, do you want to send them to your website, to your company's website, maybe to PR piece that mentions you, right? And Forbes or TechCrunch, where, where, how do you want to do it? These are all, th these are things that you should keep in mind. It's just an added value. Um, all right. So let's talk about the LS. So I, I shared the link, uh, Penguin's organizing this event. So I shared the link in both streams, uh, LinkedIn and in Google. Um, you guys should register, and I think we're both doing our own breakout session at nine o'clock, right? Uh, I think that I they they switched it a little bit, and I think I'm doing from eight uh, to nine. different section uh, a little bit later at eleven. Uh, sorry, oh, eleven what? Eastern. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm talking Israel. Yeah. Oh, so you're at six p.m. Six p.m. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm at nine p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I see that. Cool. Right. Excellent. Okay. Cool. So you're speaking at six. Oh man. So we're not going to be. We're, we're not going to be fight. We're not going to fight over time. Uh, also, we can we can compete. Uh, well, yeah, for our audience now. Yeah. 
you know, it's it's so funny. Uh, we've been really, really pushing uh, our clients, and our clients are generally um, later stage companies. So it's the Lemonades, it's Next Insurance, it's Viar, it's uh, you know, Lightrix, similar. Web. These are most of the companies that that we work with. Um, really, really, really trying. When the companies get to that stage, the founder appeal and creating a thought leadership positioning for the founders is so important. And we're bugging them so much to leverage the types of coverage we're getting them in the Forbes and the inks and the entrepreneurs and the Fascos and the, and the venture beats to use it on LinkedIn, like to really, really drive it home. Cause then you're taking something wide and I don't want to just depend on the eyeballs that these outlets are getting. I want to take mm -hmm. it and then use the LinkedIn platform to drive it to the target audiences that you're specializing in. So I think that this year we're going to see a lot more alignment in uh, in leveraging these platforms to get way more targeted eyeballs on uh, on top terrorist coverage. Got it. Awesome. All right. So there's a pandemic. Uh, this is obviously a, there's no precedent to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least in anyone's lifetime. Uh, so, I mean, how's it changed things? I mean, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, stop their cutting budgets wherever and however. They're in survival mode, at least until we see that the worst is behind us, which looks like could be another month. Um, so PR during a pandemic, right? So how did things change? Tell me, explain this to us. Like, how are you doing business differently? What are your clients doing differently? How is your messaging differently? Um, are you being a little more like under the radar? People maybe want to flaunt a little bit less because so many people are struggling financially right now. Um, how are you doing things differently? Mike, you with us? Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit, but uh, I can hear you now. Can you hear I'll, me? I'll repeat it. So how, how are you doing? Yeah, I how, I I the, uh, how is I uh, the question? So, right, yeah, cool. it, you know, ultimately, I think it, it's changed everything in terms of the fact that, you know, we're dependent on a news cycle. And this thing has taken over a news cycle unlike anything we've ever any, seen. Anything. I, I was on Drudge Report. It's everything every day. And he yeah. links to the most irrelevant things, Drudge. Uh, if people don't know, he's uh, the leading uh, news aggregator, DrudgeReport.com. And, uh, you right. know, but it's all, all the coronavirus, literally. And it is crazy for weeks. Like, yeah. you know, so, by the way, this is proof that anything you used to listen to in media before until like this outbreak really isn't news. Like 99% of the shit you consume is just regularly negative things. It's no longer in the news cycle the next day or the next week or the next month. You know, this is actual news as opposed to most of the garbage that we consume. Uh, right. So, okay. So tell me how you do things differently. So, so, you know, you have to retool entirely during a situation where all the news cycle is completely wrapped around Corona and will be for the coming months. Um, so you really have to step back and say, how do I hook my story to what's going on? And that's or the becomes, opposite? Uh, a messaging and, and no, no. What about the opposite? opposite. What if like, everyone's like, I don't want to hear another freaking thing from Corona. People are going for more, uh, need some escape from this crap. More people are eating not as healthy. They're comfort foods. They want some comfort. Their TV shows that they're used to, you know, from old school, you know, whether it's Seinfeld, Friends, Simpsons, people want what they're comfortable, what they know, because this is scary. Uh, so, I mean, maybe there's a maybe maybe uh, conventional wisdom says don't embrace the news cycle, a crazy news cycle like this. Maybe people want comfort. No? 
you could do, back to normal. Do feel good stories. You could do feel good stories, but the mindset of the public overwhelming to this thing. It's the first thing they're thinking about at night. Uh, the first thing they think about in the morning, the last thing they think about when they go to sleep. It affects even vertical coverage, the cyber trades, the automotive trades, all the trades. Yeah, I know. Every story is linked. Funding stories. We, you know, Via raised two hundred million dollars today. That that funding story in and of itself is a great story, and and obviously the whole funding story, if you read TechCrunch, is tied to to the 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 pandemic. So. You're going to, you can't beat the system. You have to roll with it. And this is what editors want. We tried to track at the beginning, the coverage of the major outlets to see if if there was going to be a little bit of a, a wave in this and if there's going to be a kickback and people are going to want to do other things. And we were slapped at with a shit brick in the face, like telling us, no, this is where it's at. Editors, we have CNBC, Bloomberg, everybody, you know, editors from all these outlets reaching out for us for just more stories about this. They want to hear about telehealth. They want to hear about micromobility. They want to hear about delivery platforms. They want to hear about communication platforms. Video. Video was dead. Dead in terms of like the, the, you know, the tech of video. And now it's back. Remote education. All these topics need more. Wellness. You know. Sure. Yes. If it's relevant. Yeah. Right. But, so if, but what if you're just offering like a technology solution or, or you're selling sneakers or something like, you know, like, uh, do you think they should also be uh, tying it in? First of all, they have to. Like, there is no choice. Yeah. So if you're selling sneakers, for example, you're going to talk about, you know, uh, what's, you know, you're going to try to get, give insights into what it's doing to the market from a retail level, from a brand level, right? It depends on what, what where you're at. You're going to offer deals. You're going to speak differently to your clients. But the truth of the matter is you cannot ignore this. It's, it's you know, or you go under the radar and it's perfectly legit to say, you know what, we're not tied to the story in any way. We're going to step back, let everything pass, and then regroup. And there's a time for that. Just like there's a time where certain companies, by the way, shouldn't do PR. They don't. I've had, I've had unicorns come to me with no story. By the way, JFrog is a great example. JFrog is an incredible company. And we didn't take them on because we didn't think the story was sustainable in order to, to bring enough return on investment. It just wasn't sustainable. There's some tech, a lot of cyber companies, I think that aren't differentiated well enough, aren't relevant for PR. They shouldn't be doing PR. They should be doing other things. No, so, that, that, I think that's a really great point. And I think if uh, one of the thing, key takeaways that people watching this can understand is that, uh, you know, you, you have, you know, the CEO of uh, a big PR firm telling you when you shouldn't do PR. If the messaging, if you can tie it in, if you can do that, may, it maybe might not be the right way, maybe more traditional um, ads or social media or other kind of engagement might be better off. Um, a couple of quick comments. Like Jonathan Kahn said, uh, PR is about getting the right story so that you can convince people to write about it. You, you, would you agree with that sentence? Completely. It all starts with the story. The first thing when we get, you know, when we get companies incoming, I want to get on the phone. Can, can you give me any, wait, hold on. Let's do an exercise. Let's be interesting. Okay. Um, let's give an example. Can you give me something that most people would have thought isn't a story and how you're able to extract a story out of it to make PR? Sure. Thing you've done for your clients. So you know, you take a company that's doing something really, really bland. Like, okay, it's a lot more relevant today, but because uh, we have a technical audience, I'm assuming bandwidth. A chip that goes into the router, white labeled, that increases bandwidth. Okay. Now, you and I, and and in this era, you know, we know the importance of bandwidth. Would love bandwidth. That? Now, well, by the way, wait, wait. Let's give an example. Before we went live, we were like. We went because we're both from home, right? I'm in my home studio, and I'm like, we like went around the house. We're like, no live, no streaming. 
There's no streaming for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> Just to get an idea of the bandwidth issue. I've already cut out for a second, you know, so. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's really, you know, it's really, really challenging uh, for some companies to find it. So you have to, you know, how do you make that story accessible to audiences beyond just really narrow trades that write about chips or semiconductors or, or whatever? So you've got to expand it, the bandwidth in your house, infographics, all these things that demonstrate how, you know, how does the family survive without proper bandwidth when they've got six, seven, eight devices going at once? That's called zooming out, making the story right. accessible to wider audiences. And you want to do this. We've had a company Qualitest. Uh, they were doing, you know, quality assurance. You know, not such an exciting thing. So, how do you create news for them? Well, what about data reports? You know, coming up with with insights into which apps tend to crash the quickest, which devices, which which are the buggiest things, and 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 piecing it. it in a way that the average user can can tie into the story. That's the creativity. But again, you know, I think that everybody should be thinking that way. But not every. The biggest challenge I see with certain types like app developers. They're talking to an audience that's super, super targeted. If you're targeting app developers, uh, uh -huh. ultimately, that's going to be a really hard PR play because app developers don't read media outlets for the most part. They argue in chat rooms. I would suggest yeah. that somebody who comes to us and is targeting those people should be using their budget in a different way. And I think right. that we they, have they, a great they should be doing Reddit ads. They should be doing Reddit ads and things like that, right? Exactly right. It's exactly. Exactly. Way to exactly. And you know what? <laughs> Most PR firms, I'm I'm ashamed to say, don't have are, you know they like money and they they'll take a shot and try to do it, and we've been really really great about it. Everything starting with the story. So Jonathan, who wrote in, is completely right. If the story ain't there, then it's going to be a rough run. And you know what? You can smell if the story's there. If you're a true PR professional, you can take a good hard look at the company and see if you can extract a story. I'll give you another example of a great company that we passed on because it was a one-time shot. Uh, company doing robotic window washing. Okay, robots okay, cool. that, that actually wash windows instead. And and I took a look at it and I was like, this is going to get CNN. This is it's a visual story. Everybody knows right. window washer. There's danger. There's this. There's that. And and we passed because I was thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to get a ton of coverage of the first week. But what am I going to do on the second week? What what? How am I going to continue to bring value to this person on an ongoing level? What data on uh, you know? How many people fall out of the sky, which is very little. You'd be surprised to know. Uh, I'm I sure. There's a lot of people falling out of the sky. Yeah, I think they've double rubs everything. Like, yeah. So I think that it really comes with trust. And I think that, you know, we've been doing this for a while. And right. most of my leads come from the venture funds, uh, Aleph, uh, Bessemer, and a lot of uh, Viola, Vertex, amazing funds, and Maneve. And they trust sending clients to us because if there's no story and we can't bring value, we say no. And I think that these really that, that, that's great. Say no. Means it. Mm -hmm. I've I've learned that uh, no early on is very important. Yeah, it's you know what you get really good juju, and the Israeli uh, entrepreneurs really appreciate it when you're straightforward and you're not money hungry, and they'll refer you onwards and onwards. And yeah, this is what's going to get all of us through this tough time is having a great reputation. Yeah, well, that's correct. I mean, I think uh, both you and I were really blessed to have built a very good reputation, do really good work, do really good service. And so this really wouldn't push us through. Uh, so we're really lucky in that respect. Um, so how has it been? Let's change a little bit of gears here. Um, how has it been for you to manage your a PR team remotely? Uh, given that you didn't really have we had minimal time to plan for this, right? So I have an incredible, first of all, senior management team, uh, two wonderful co-founders, uh, uh, VP level. Do you want to name them? Yeah, so wait, wait, John wait. and 
John and Daphne, uh, Daphne Algum and John Elkins are incredible, incredible people. Um, really, really handled like the the social and the and the emotional aspects of of making this transition and, and you know moving to remote. Um, the VPs, uh, Aaron Kleiner, Leora Katz, you know incredible 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 people that they took care of every small detail uh in regards to to making this work and and yeah we've we're really really lucky to have a lot of depth in the management level and the team is 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 just unreal like i'm i'm really amazed at how well they've transitioned i'm actually worried that they're working too hard uh you know from home that separation isn't there and and my right. biggest concern as a as as the ceo of the company is burnout because uh, right. people are stuck at home and they're not stepping away. And I think that that is going to be a very, very serious concern in the coming weeks. Right. Well, a lot of people in Israel, like you literally can't walk uh, 100 meters. Uh, I mean, I, I was uh, speaking to, let's say, a, a friend who said he was more paranoid to go for a walk than smoking weed. <laughs> it's like they're both illegal and we think some paranoid, but he's more paranoid to go for a walk. I thought, yeah, that, I thought that, that was an interesting insight. Uh, oh, yo, you have a, I heard you have an amazing house, so you guys must be super comfortable. You're very lucky to be out of the city. Yo, God, the city sucks. Yeah, we love. I the mean, city. I love the city. I love Tel Aviv. I love Philly, where I grew up. I love big cities, things to do. But I don't want to live in a city. Hell's no. Yeah, it was stressing me. Uh, we moved up uh, to uh, to a place up north uh, about a week and a half ago as this thing broke out. Where are you? Life-changing. Life-changing. I'm in Chofit, just up the road from you. I, you. I knew you said you're moving my area. All right, so we should uh, not meet. <laughs> yeah, we should not meet. I know you just moved up here because the golf course is up here. I snuck onto the course the other day. You should know. It's closed. Did you? I don't blame you. Yeah. I thought that was like, I was like, that's probably the one thing that could probably stay open. It's outdoors. Right. It brings in clubs. No one so touches they anybody. They wear gloves. The like it's like <laughs> less than four people. You know, four four man groups spread out. <laughs> yeah, they it's like it's meant for it. They got shot down. It's perfect. Yeah, it's like it's but, like uh, I thought they'd like their instance to go through the roof, like you know. But now we're not even no. like two people can get together. You know, it's yeah, like it's, it's, it's a different time. But we're gonna get through it, and I think that actually this is a great time for. For you uh, and and you know founders uh, and 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 thought leaders to really 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 push on LinkedIn, like this is the time people are consuming content. Unbelievable, like Netflix effect. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Right, and, and so the, the real con- the real the real mar- the real marketers are the content creators. There's a lot of there's a lot of other people that say run other marketing PR things and like they don't create content and add to the conversation. Let's say like like uh, you do, I do, some others do. Like the real real marketers, you want to work with people that understand marketing, right? That know how to create attention, understand attention, and know how to get you the attention and the leads. Not just in messaging and copy and timing. Understand the psychology of it and have absolutely no fear to throw themselves out there. That they do it for themselves. You know that they'll go ahead and do it for them, which is great. Perry says that uh, you. By the way, you're you're. This is a while ago. You're right. Top that everything five, is in context. Top five of marketers. The coverage. I'm not naming them. Top five marketers in the ecosystem. Go. I'm not. I'm not naming them. <laughs> it's pretty clear. I mean, you should see who's been putting out content ongoing for the last few years. Not just now, before COVID. Headlines. One of them. Wadi is another. Penguins. Another. 
I mean, it's not, it's not hard to see who's actual market, you know, who's actually doing marketing, who's actually doing hardcore ads for themselves. I mean, like we do a lot of Quora. You can go find my Quora profile. You'll see. I've answered dozens of the questions. I'm the most viewed person on the topic of LinkedIn ads. You know, I'm, so, uh, I mean, I, I've earned that over doing a lot of Quora for the last six months. I really understand it. It's a B2B platform. Are you leveraging Quora at all for PR? We're not doing we're not doing enough of that. We're so, you know, in many ways, stuck in the past. We're such a traditional agency. The core stuff is is, it, is PR traditional. Because I was going to think, how do you, wait? How do you? Sorry to interrupt you. Because I was wondering this. I wanted to ask this. No, no. You've been on a roll saying so good things, but I want to make sure you really ask this. I'm going to interrupt you. The how do you track? Now I, I have a way that I do, and our clients do PR, which we don't do PR. Personally, our agency doesn't. But how do you track the, the results of the PR? Like, what are their unique metrics that are only to PR? Uh, and real fast, what we see is a search and people searching for the company. So we see this in the SEO and the Google ads that we do people searching for the brand um, and maybe main keywords and the CEO, the founder and things. Like, these are the spikes that we look for um, and see if they bring in more leaps. But I mean, other than that, I mean, how do you track what's considered a successful PR? Yeah, because it's, it's not just eyeballs, super, right? It's the right eyeballs. And how do you know if, since it's fairly traditional? And, and if I do, you do PR, let's say it gets picked up by 10 publications. They're not sending you the data of the views or anything of people that viewed that, do they? they we get track, we get like, you know, some idea of unique views, but, but the truth of the matter is it's all. Wait, how, how? What's your some PR idea? I, I'm really curious. I have no idea. The, the marketers send us stuff. They say that, you know, we got, the, they're, they're using all kinds of like brand metrics to, to track uh, amount of views. And the truth of the matter is we've looked at PR measurement tools and PR has been around for a hundred years. They used to measure the amount of ink in a newspaper article and that's how they measured eff uh, efficacy. And I get the need to try to do that. We've never found a great system to do it. We're playing now with a point system. Uh, uh, to, to measure, so so assigning a value for each outlet, a value for sentiment, a value for, for different aspects of the type of coverage we're getting and trying to reach, like set a, a KPI of a certain amount of points. You know what, it's good, it's not great. I know that, you know, we represent companies and we outperform a lot of the top agencies and I've seen their reports and their reports are so incredible, visual and all that. And yet the companies fire them and come to us, uh, even though we're essentially just setting a KPI of saying, we're going to do a minimum of four plus placements a month or eight press placements and, you know, X amount of thought leadership. It's old school in terms of impact. We need the feedback constantly from the marketing department right. saying, hey, the feedback this is everything, this, everything. This worked. You A-B test, right? If something works, then we redo it again and again and again and chew it up. And then we'll switch it up. But we need that feedback. And measurement is woefully behind. It's really, really, really challenging. And you know, anybody who tells you different that PRs come a long way in, in regards to measurement is 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 just not being honest. Uh, but but the marketers can see the value. Listen, we're not a cheap service. We're expensive. Uh, we're roughly the, the price of a US agency, of the top US agencies. So we're pricey, but the, the Israeli ecosystem is bought in. It took a little bit of time. We're talking about a, a very unique marketing community here. People don't come out of PR. They don't come out of storytelling. They come from PPC. They come from ads. They come from those kind of places. And and they've learned that the value of, of you know that third-party endorsement is you just can't put a price on it.
Mm-hmm. Uh, I might. Be, I think I'm getting a tad of feedback. Make sure you're muting everything else. Um, Zoe says absolutely. I think she she agrees uh, with you that uh, everything contacts the crisis. Adam Kaplan says uh, an executive investor, an entrepreneur says, "Go, Mike. We're happy." client has had uh their happy client as a headline has delivered so it looks like we got a now a lot of people are, are happy with the work that you're doing which is great which is really great you by the way you said something which is so good is about the feedback back loop uh, i use a different terminology but you always need to like find out like you know when you're working with clients like what is working what isn't working like marketing strategy is not just in the beginning it's ongoing radic always adapting always changing uh, you know i don't mean like adapting to pandemics then you're like okay what now okay what happened this last week okay this thing else happened how are things people and things responding these are like you know what i mean um did we see an increase in eyeballs how what was the time on page you know looking at heat maps like how are things changing and how we can continue to adapt uh our messaging and things what we can learn from one profile or one ad how can we apply that across other things so i think that are you often feedback- surprised do you ever get thrown and something that you totally didn't expect to work all of a sudden all catches the time, mind? all the time. Yeah. So my intuition has improved, but I still like 20% of the time uh, I'm, I'm like, huh, that did well or the opposite. I was like, really? I really thought that was going to kill. I mean, it happens. I mean, overwhelmingly, like I know what works, what doesn't work. I have enough intuition, but at the end of the day, it's data. If I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be doing A/B testing in every single campaign. You know what I mean? If I didn't, you know, if at the end of the day, you know, it, it's data. Every company is a little different. Every message is a little different. Every target is a little different. Even though we have many cybersecurity clients that have different products, but they're targeting the same audience, and we take what we've learned and we apply them. But the different messaging already means we need to obviously A/B test and learn things we think would work or won't work. And sometimes you think, uh, oh, I know good pain point messaging might really work here and then it turns out it doesn't i mean most overwhelming time my intuition's right but i mean yeah i mean you this, if not then i'm not learning I think that story is going to heat up again the cyber story that you know i'm, I'm hearing horror stories about uh zoom conversations getting uh, trolled a lot of remote hacking i think that story is going to be very very big in the next in the next month tied to corona obviously but i think that we're all going to see cyber just zoom like crazy, not to use that term. Are you seeing that as well? Right. No, I no, no, yeah. Well, we're seeing that. I mean, we've either had clients who were like too small and they had to take a pause, or we had other clients, cybersecurity clients, that double down. Uh, we have a cyber. For those that don't know, we have a cybersecurity influencer marketing platform. So those that actually want, there's no influencer marketing for cybersecurity or B two B tech. Like we're built influencer marketing. So we've uh, we've actually built something. We have over ten companies of paying clients already. Um, and we're actually in the process of looking into developing it. So, uh, if, uh, do you, so it's actually, you don't work. Do you work with Deep Instinct? No, no. Good time. All right. No, no. Okay. And uh, so, but we we do a lot of uh, cybersecurity uh, influencer marketing. I mean, so it's a, a big strength of ours. Uh, we, we love it. We understand it. And so, uh, and we've also helped uh, a few companies get uh, get purchased north of $100 million, a few of them last year. Um, but it's, yeah, it's anyway. It's such a great yeah. space. It just, you know, for us, it always needs that hook. Like we did Argus from beginning. Who's, who's us? Headline? Headline? Uh, Israeli's uh, media? What do you mean? Firm, sorry. You're firm. That's right. Headline, is, we worked with some cyber companies, but I've real cyber companies that are doing something that, that uh, are hooked to, to a wider vertical. 
So meaning like uh, when we did Argus cybersecurity for cars, that is, you know, wasn't just a cyber play. It was so unique in the sense that, you know, it's, it's, you put a journalist in the car and the car gets hacked and they've been acquired uh, since and we handle Gardnox, which is an incredible company now, but we're looking for like cyber companies They're that awesome. are doing either medical or, or, or something that the, that's tied to a specific vertical that we can really run with. And that gives us leeway to kind of go ah. and again, zoom out, broaden the story. Uh, I should connect to a scenario. They, they do medical. They do IOMT and IOHD. But uh, this so is obviously important right now. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we'll. This is another conversation. Let's say this conversation offline. Um, so let's talk about the event a little bit uh, tomorrow. Um, so okay, obviously it's a virtual event because why? Because well, social distancing. So we can't go to work and you can't do a real event. One of the good news is, is that it's inexpensive to do and pretty fast and people are fairly flexible. They just know they need to find one hour or however long they're speaking, right? Um, and commit a quiet and the decent internet, which I think is probably going to be the biggest challenge, technical issues maybe. We'll see how it goes. Um, so one of the advantages of actually, you can watch from home. You can even wear, uh, you know, you can be in your PJs or shorts actually. Uh, you know, Mike, should we tell them what we were wearing prior to this call? Before, before we went I'm live? still wearing no pants. You're still wearing a pants, me too. So I was wearing just this t-shirt and Mike was wearing like a white shirt. And we're both looking at each other like, should we put on a nicer shirt? So I threw this blazer on. And what you can't see is I'm actually in shorts. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but you can't see that. I actually had to move the table so you wouldn't see it. I thought it during the, during the oh. video. Uh, there you go. You got a little bit of knee. Uh-uh. Showed a little go. bit of knee. And, Right. So while you guys are watching tomorrow, tuning in starts at 3 p.m. Israel time uh, with 8 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and you'll, I'll be talking at 9 p.m. What I'm going to be doing is I'll be sharing, sharing through really deep detail of how you're going to dominate your LinkedIn profile. A lot of people are making some general mistakes. I'll give some quick ideas. So like, um, and Mike, maybe this is related to you. Should we rip up your profile live right here? Can we do that? You can. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Can we do that? Cool. We'll, we'll provide some value. Okay. So everyone, go to Mike Bargman. You're going to get a lot of uh, profile. You'll get a handful of profile views. Uh, now that I see that a lot of people aren't going to want to. So let's take a look at Mike You're Bargman's. Right. Uh, no, 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 no. Just, just a few things so people can understand the value that we're going to be able to provide. You can search Mike Bargman headline and you know, it'll come right up. So first Will thing it? is that, uh, yeah. By the way, if you want to find someone easily, so when you do like LinkedIn lead gen forms, you might get first name, last name, job title, da da da. You take in this order: first name, last name, these three cells. First name, last name, company name. Copy paste across one easy. Copy paste in the LinkedIn. You'll find the person immediately. You don't even have to press search; it will come right up. Just a quick tip. So one, you don't have I a banner. Don't have very much. I, we don't. We don't really. I don't use the platform that much. Like we're. We don't. I know you don't, don't and that's why I'm giving you a. Rubber. So let's get you. We a, we're going to get you a new banner. Any, yeah, we're not doing any marketing. Like everything is pretty much inbound from the VCs and from. That's referrals. great, but yeah, they'll find great. you too. But they're going to. Don't they look for you? And I'm saying this to anyone. I'm not talking to Mike per se, but I think this is yeah. applicable for anyone that's looking for a business, or if you're looking for a job, like you might apply for a job before they call you back to see to invite you to an interview. They're going to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Or so even before they make the or even before they make the job public, they quietly recruiters and internal HR, they're reaching out to people that they think are right. They're gonna cherry pick people and they're gonna go based on your LinkedIn profile. They're not seeing your C V before so you apply. It's so, so you must if you're looking for new employment, especially now, I mean it was a twenty, thirty percent unemployment rate and I, I, I think it was 
unfortunately, it may go up in the near term, uh, but it may get worse before it gets better. I mean, you got it. Your first and foremost, you have a few things that, that need to be. One is obviously your job, uh, your image needs to be able. So right now, everyone got a beautiful picture of your lineup. What a beautiful face you have. Your mom must be so proud. But on your profile, we have a little side thing. You're speaking on a microphone, which is great. It shows you're like a point of authority. People want to come hear what you have to say, which is why wow. people have tuned in here now. So maybe you can get a, a more a front-facing photo, I think would be one good tip. Yeah. Another that thing is good. you don't have a – because you're – yeah, because you're, you're a really good-looking dude, and people don't know that. <laughs> They're good. You're, you're like a – you're like a 9.2. People are going to assume you're a 1. Are you, fishing? are you fishing for like me to compliment you as well? I don't need it. I get it all the time. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is that your banner, your headline banner. So, guys, everything in your profile, I don't know if you remember old school Facebook days or like or MySpace. Like anything was old school, old school Facebook. You, you were able to edit a lot of things. You make stickers and all these external things you can put on the platform. Facebook's become very uniform. LinkedIn's very uniform. The only place where things aren't uniform is actually the most important real estate on your LinkedIn profile is the actual banner up top. So make sure you have, you can do any kind of graphics, images, put in your logo, put in, if you have a, a show, you're going, whatever, what time, anything you want, your, your website, your hashtags, anything you want, you can put there. You can see my profile for some good examples um, is you can catch people. Now, when you're engaging Mike, and this goes for anyone, there are four things people see. Let's see. Uh, can you, can you guess what they see if, in, in a comment on LinkedIn? What are the four things people, that people see about you? Well, we can really do three. One technically is a, eh, it's like three and a half. What are they? They see your your photo, mm -hmm. right? Which is important. Your name. So it's important your name is spelled consistently on other social media platforms in your with your email in particular. If you're using a maiden name, use it throughout or don't use it. Choose to use it, but use it same in your email as your LinkedIn. A lot of people you might be emailing with are now going to go look for you on LinkedIn. You want to be able to be found, right? So the, it's, it's important that's consistency. Uh, the, the half is how are you connected to the person? Are they a first connection, second connection, third connection? And then, in my opinion, most importantly is your job title. The reason why your job title is, so, I mean, I'm a LinkedIn ads expert, but if I put CEO and founder, why do you My title's not even updated, I don't think. Uh, no, it just says <laughs> headline media, which is fine. It's better than, like, if you just put CEO or founder, whatever, co-founder, it doesn't say anything when you speak. But if you do, like, you know, PR for tech, and then you're talking about, you know, promoting technology companies in, in a conversation, you have that gravitas. But those that don't know what headline media is, they could assume by the name you do PR. But uh, if they don't, you, you're now speaking for more authority. So those are some of the main things. We'll also be going to the new feature, how to build out your experience, your about page, which part which you need to work on, your skills, experience, your recommendations, um, and even people that you're following, because a lot of people want to see who you're following. It's actually really relevant, particularly uh, when it comes to finding employment. So tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Israel time um, and uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, I'll be going through, you'll be joining, you'll What's get more information. Register. I'm going to be going through a LinkedIn. We've been, we actually, we were putting together a masterclass for LinkedIn uh, profiles. And so we sped that up to have it ready. It's, we'll do a screen share. We're going to walk through. We're going to give examples of uh, good profile pictures, bad profile pictures. Maybe we'll throw yours up there as an example, Mike. Maybe we could do a before and after. Uh, and, uh, and we'll go through like how to do it. We're going to get how to research it, how to engage, how to post regularly, how to build an audience, how to go viral, which hashtags use, which not, 
how to tag people, when not to tag people, how you can tag companies, certain things about uh, making new connections, how to get more followers, all of these things that we'll be going into in detail. So uh, since we're not going to be talking at the same time, I expect you'll tune in. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to tell my team to tune in. And uh, it should be it should be really, really interesting. I think they've done a great thing, Penguin. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, really they really have. He's such a great guy, as is David. They, and uh, and just dealing Mark, with them has been first class. Mark and Shoham, uh, they're all great people. And everyone there. They've, they've, uh, they've really good quality people. I've met their team a few times. And, and they, they have like this, uh, I know you guys have this too, they have this, like this Anglo culture of customer service, which is, which is imperative. And just Anglo understanding of mapping out enterprises. But for B2B technology, companies it's imperative that you got to work do. with americans it's, and the ecosystem appreciates it here they really do value that i think that that's a big 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 they're starting to they're starting to i think they're starting to understand israelis that are really good at marketing let's say but have experience from facebook and google and these other things and they say oh now i can do you know oh, i can do pr do linkedin whatever these things that they they don't really understand the platform they don't understand how to target people they don't understand the psychology of their target audience b2b is not b2b is not like b2c technology is not like e-commerce i mean it's radically different um, I don't just mean in that messaging, but the psychology of how the content is consumed and how people interact and bring up the content that they've seen, whether it's through PR, LinkedIn, or elsewise, how they bring it up to the other decision makers and influencers in their business. So we want to make sure that we're able to reach these people, you know, that the, the messaging, you know, is appropriate. So therefore, they, they can reach it. Um, can you, before we sign off, uh, just a couple last things for people. You can see the event in the comments, both on LinkedIn Live and on Facebook Live. Um, Cena says hello. Um, I asked, asked if we're going to start a petition to get golf courses to open. Uh, I think it's a waste of time, but yeah. It's a waste uh, of time. And Ozzy is a Facebook ads expert. He says the rules to test everything. And he asked, who has time for pants? And I agree. We don't. Uh, there's no time for pants. And you guys can go in the link. You can see the event register, and then you'll get more information tomorrow about when we're coming on and the special Zoom link for my event and your event. Um, so just register, and you'll get more information as uh, tomorrow as it un uh, unfolds. Can you talk about what you're gonna what you're going to talk about specifically? Yeah, so um, I think that the title of the of the talk is, uh, I think, PR in the age of Corona uh, and how to, you know, catch headlines in the time of an epidemic or something like that. And the real focus is going to be talking to companies about reshifting their focus. So uh, telling them, is, you know, laying out what the media landscape looks like right now, uh, what we're seeing, which spaces are hot. Which, what journalists need to hear about what's going to get past editors and talk a little bit you know, to the Q&A and talk about how to hook your story to this thing. Uh, give them some examples of, of ways that they can become involved in the story and also talk to them about like how to do this in a way that's not disgusting. Meaning you can't be self-professional now. It's all about providing value. And I think that if you hook Wait, wait, when you, you say know, now, are you saying specifically COVID-19 or in general like 2020, like we've evolved? No, it's got to be COVID-19. It's COVID-19. Because I always that's think you got to be providing value. So many people are ask, 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 ask. I mean, like my LinkedIn post is value uh, twice a day. Value, 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 value. Seldom is there to ask. You know, it, I think a lot of people, there's there's a lack of people providing value nowadays. kind of worries me. Yeah, they, you know, but that goes, by the way, for, for our partners of the press, like the media outlets, like you can reach out to them, but, this, but the, the pitch has to have value to the public, right? So even if you're doing autonomous vehicles, which is dead as Dillinger right now, 
you you know, you can hook. Could autonomous uh, vehicles, you know, stop pandemics in the future? How can we leverage, you know, what does this do? Does this set back the the, the rise of autonomous uh, mobility by five years? What does this have? You know, so you hook to the story and the journalists in those verticals will still write about it with the right hook. But it's got it. Great awesome. Value. Great. So we'll learn how to create value. A few comments here from LinkedIn. Uh, uh, Ildiko, she says, uh, LinkedIn is essential whether to do marketing or not. That's the best place where we all check all who's behind your company. That is so true. That's why we have our entire company every morning. At, uh, we have a scrum meeting in general. And it's about what are you going to post about today? Every morning, every my company has to post on LinkedIn. All of us that post regularly, our full-time paid staff has an orange circle around our profile. So we branded ourselves on LinkedIn. Um, so th that's, ab that's absolutely true. So every day, everyone from our Everyone from our company, we, we all post. It's in their job titles, the job descriptions. Uh, Roy Frey uh, says, Mike's reputation means he doesn't need to do anything. Smiley. Hey, Mike, superstar. So it looks like you got a fan there. And uh, some people find that funny. Um, and then someone else said, <laughs> Roy, I'm sorry to break it to you, but until today, I never heard about Mike. <laughs> I'm happy I have now, though, assuming everyone knows <laughs> and everyone knows who you are is a misconception. But uh, yeah, we're just having good fun, and so is Roy. So uh, a, a lot of love from out there. Uh, yeah, and uh, you get a hi from Scene on Facebook. Uh, it's a friend of mine. Uh, anyway, all right. So if anyone can find out more about uh, the event, it's in the comment. They can find out more about Mike. I would say visit his LinkedIn profile. Give him a recommendation because he has no recommendations. His profile would be his profile updated so he can help headline meeting up for business. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or wadidigital.com. Send me an email um, or WhatsApp. I'm always available or just message me on LinkedIn. I have an open profile. If we're not connected, you can send me in messages. And um, same goes for uh, Mike. Well, where can they find where can they find you other than your LinkedIn profile? Is there a better place? Now they can come to the website, uh, headline.media, uh, and, uh, and yeah, check me out on Facebook, whatever, and uh, check out the work where the company's doing. Awesome. All right, sweet buddy. Thanks for your time, and tune in tomorrow. Don't forget to register, and we'll see you. Let's uh, learn more Thanks about PR, see how you can use it, right messaging, and most importantly, let's get that LinkedIn profile up so you can advance your career, find better employment, close more business, and create more leads. We're going to talk all about that tomorrow. We'll see you on, and thanks for joining us for another live with Yoel Israel. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Cheers. Thank you.